0: Yeah, we're doing is seen
1: it and one story that always kind of captures my imagination The streets lost culture And you're listening to Kerning Cultures
0: Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown Of Muslims entering the United States Until our country's representatives Can figure out what the hell is
2: going on
1: So today we want to mess with your heads a little bit. About a month ago, I was talking to this guy, Ray Hanania, who lives in Chicago. We'll hear more from him later on in the episode. And he just opened up about his political views. And he said, I'm an Arab American and I'm supporting Trump. And that's just not something that you hear every day. And it's not something that I even knew existed. Why would someone who's Arab and or Muslim support this man who wants to shut you out of the country? And so began this hunt to find Americans of Middle Eastern descent who are supporting Trump. Did you think that Ray was the only one or did you think there were more? I definitely did not think there was as many as we found out that there were. (laughs) And as a disclaimer, whatever views expressed here today are not our own, nor are they reflective of Kerning Cultures and company.
3: I'm Razan al And I'm Hibba Fisher. And you're listening to Kerning Cultures.
1: The first person we want you to meet is living in Seattle. He's a real estate developer, and his name is Hussein Khoram. He's a Muslim Iranian-American.
0: I will release my tax returns against my lawyer's wishes. When
2: she releases her 33,000 emails that have been He's being traumatized.
1: <laughs> so the man sitting next to me, hooping and hollering, is Hussein, And we are at the Republican viewing party for the first presidential debate, end of September. How are people greeting him? What was that like? So there's about 100 other Republicans who are milling through the room, and he knows everybody. I mean, he's been a member of this party for 15 plus years. He's really proud to be part of the Republican community.
2: My name is Hossein. I didn't change my name. I'm a Muslim American. When I out with my Republican friends, I feel at home.
1: So Hussein and I sit down to speak at length, and he's a real estate developer, so we go to one of his apartment buildings in downtown Seattle. And Rizani you walk up to the building and there's Trump pen signs hanging off the balconies. And most of the tenants in this building are old Iranian men and women. And you see them playing board games in the common room and they're speaking to each other in Farsi. And most of them are voting for Trump, like Hussein. You know,
2: I don't have any exact numbers, but I would tell you there's a significant number of Middle Eastern Americans who supported Trump, especially Iranians, because they feel that appeasement policies have not paid off. Since President Obama have signed the nuclear agreement with Iran, the arrest, intimidation, executions in Iran have gone up significantly.
3: And just to jump in here, Iran currently ranks first in the world in executions per capita.
1: I think one of the biggest arguments I hear on the other side against Trump is that he says very racist things. So he says things like most of the Mexicans who are here are rapists or killers and that's why we need to build a wall.
2: I mean, what what do you hear when you hear these things? You know, he's not racist. He's not I mean, racist. No, he's not racist. How
1: do you how do you Well, why
2: do you think that? When when he came here okay. to Seattle about 10 days ago, I was at the reception. I was I'm on one of his fundraisers. Not it was just but 100 150, 100, 150 donors, heaviest, biggest donors. I was just standing there talking. Then I heard him say, is Mr. Koram here? My last name is Koram. And I said, well, you, can't just, <laughs> you can't be kidding me. Then he says, is Mr. Koram here? And I said, yes, sir, I'm right here. And he said, you know, I wanted to thank you for what you've done for me. I want you to know anything in person. And all my friends who are at the reception, they said, how'd you know Trump? And I said, guys, I don't know what happened. He just he must have really liked me. <laughs> there were hundred other people to thank the people who had a lot more influence than I did. But he only thanked one person. He could have said, No, this guy's a Muslim, I don't like him. But he didn't. He reached for me. So I, I don't think he's no, I don't think he's racist. He's a realist.
1: How do you think your personal life would be affected under Trump? He says he wants to ban all Muslims from coming in. What do do the next four years look like as a Muslim American?
2: Let let me put it this way here. I do not think he's there to discriminate against Muslims. I don't think it is. When he was talking about the Syrians, and I look at his words exactly, he was talking about the Syrian refugees coming to the United States. Well, people just show up with no documentation, no ID. Are we wise to let these people in into our country when ISIS have said that I'm going to have some terrorists planted in the ranks? I would say we need to take a better look at that. I have no issue with that because I want to be safe. You want to be safe. Do you want your family blown up? No. And I think we should expand the idea of vetting. I do not think that would discriminate against any religion. It would discriminate against people who have bad intent.
1: But how do you how would you judge that? Do you trust that he knows how to do it right? He,
2: he what I would tell you is this. He's a developer like me. We developers don't have all the skills. We hire, we put a team together, and he is a good manager. And I can tell that because of all he's done is financial empire. Look at the way he's managed his kids. Amazing. He's got three wives, but the kids are just perfect. With all the wealth and the money that was around him, you would think that these kids would be druggies, would be losers, they couldn't talk. But look at him, the model citizen, the great speakers. They even speak better than their dad does. You know what that tells me? This guy's a good manager. If he can manage his own life, let's hire him to go to work for us to make America a great place to gain
0: This is a disturbing election and a disturbing choice. I was, and I am still, a big Bernie Sanders supporter. Uh, Bernie Sanders would have been the best candidate ever. And the fact that we lost him. So I said, I'm going to support Trump.
1: This is Ray Hanania, the man who started us on this wild goose chase of Middle Easterners supporting Trump. He is a Palestinian American. He's a journalist, and he's living in Chicago.
0: My name's Ray Hanania, and Ray is not Raymond. is not an Arabic name. My uh, dad immigrated to this country in the 1920s. He goes back home in Jerusalem, and he is fixed up with my mother, who's from Bethlehem. They meet, and four weeks later, they're married. Come here to the States in 1952, and she's in the hospital having me, her first child. All she hears on the intercom, she can't speak any English, just Arabic. All she hears on the intercom in the hospital is Dr. Raymond, Dr. Raymond, Dr. Raymond. You know, he wanted an American name. She wanted an Arab doctor, so they named me Ray. So to
3: the mild dismay of his parents, Ray becomes a journalist, and he champions Palestinian issues in the media. So during the first intifada, he was on the ground in Ramallah, and he interviewed Arafat several times, documenting the peace negotiations from the Palestinian perspective.
1: So walk me through the
0: process of the switch. What was the jump to Trump? Well... That's a good phrase, To jump to Trump. Um, (laughs) I jumped to Trump, and I'll tell you why. Not because I believe Trump is going to be a great president. I don't believe any of the presidents have been great. Even the ones that you want to be great are not great, like Barack Obama. And then Donald Trump comes along, and the first moment I decided to support him was when he said he was going to be neutral on the issue of Palestine and Israel.
1: Whereas Hillary, on the other hand, has been staunchly pro-Israel. This next clip is her speaking before AIPAC, the Israeli lobby in the United States, this past March in 2016.
2: The United States and Israel must be closer than ever, stronger than ever,
0: and more determined than ever to prevail against our common adversaries and to advance our shared values. And I did more research on Trump and I found out one of his best friends and closest friends, Farouk Shami, is a Muslim Palestinian from Texas. So I'm going to vote for Trump, even though it's a 50-50 risk, that he may be just as bad as Hillary, or maybe there's a chance because he's so uncontrollable, that he might tell the Israelis to flip off. And he might end up getting a fight with the Israelis, because that is his character. And just as easily as he moved from one position to another, I think he could do that in the Middle East. And he could turn out to be the catalyst that changes the dynamics of how this country deals with the Middle East. Now, people say, oh, that's a big if. But I say, okay, and I'm willing to risk with him rather than risk with somebody I know is going to take me down a road I don't want to go down.
3: It's funny how Ray is banking on the fact that Trump is very erratic and he's banking on that being a good thing, whereas everyone's banking on that being a bad thing because he's so erratic. Maybe some good will come of it. Like, seriously, what an optimist.
0: Now, to me, it's a strategy. He's uncertainty. That means an opportunity to win. It's like throwing dice on a crap table. You just might win, you know? And I think it's that uncertainty that I just think it's a better option today than uh, to go with somebody who everybody claims, oh, she's a good person. Well, yeah, unless you're Palestinian. She voted for the Iraq war. You know why? Because at the time, it was good for her career. Bernie Sanders didn't do it. He was against this. When it could have been good for his career, he chose principle. So I'm looking at a political system that really is corrupted from the core, and we need to reset it. And it's not going to get reset with Hillary Clinton. Trump is not the best candidate. I certainly don't like everything he says, but he's in a position where he's going to flip the switch and reboot the computer. He's going to unplug it and he's going to plug it back in.
1: How would you imagine that four years under Trump as president, how would that affect your personal life?
0: I don't think it can be any worse than what it is. You know, um, (laughs) I go through airports and I'm, you know, pulled aside as a suspected terrorist. It's not going to matter whether it's Barack Obama. Nothing has changed for me for even when I went and served during the Vietnam War. I served two years honorably active duty. The day I came home from military service, it was March 1975, the FBI opened an investigation on me that lasted two and a half years, and they conducted a secret investigation to determine, was I a terrorist sympathizer?
1: Two and a half years later, Ray was found not guilty of anything. But during this private investigation, the FBI spoke with all of his friends. They followed the places that he shopped at. He had a lot of his bank accounts canceled without any sort of explanation. Insurance company canceling policies. This really affected him.
0: The establishment is so anti-Arab in this country. It's inherent, you know, in the system. But I don't, as an Arab, I, I don't have the luxury of being considered part of a normal system. I'm an outsider. You know, I'm treated as an outsider. No matter what I do, I'm never American enough. So I don't get the luxury of doing what other Americans do and say, oh, Trump discriminated against somebody in a building. Now, therefore, I'm not going to support him. I'll go for the other one. No, the other one hates me just as much. Maybe Trump hates me. I don't know, but I'd like to find that out firsthand. And four years from now, You might interview me and and I might say Trump was the worst thing we did, but maybe there's hope.
1: This Casey short was co-produced by Rizana Zayani and myself, Hibba Fisher, with sound design by Mohamed Khayzat. And special thanks to Lily Crown for fact-checking. We hope this episode stirred some thoughts among you. The idea was for it to be provocative and to talk about this phenomenon that not many people are having an open conversation about. We want to know what you think. Let us know what's at stake for you, wherever in the world you may be, for this 2016 U.S. presidential elections. And do you agree with this 50-50, take-a-risk approach to support Trump? Please join in the conversation on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Leave a comment. Until next time.